You've created your business and now it's time to protect it. Whether it's your podcast, speaking engagements that you do virtually or live on in-person stages or the community that you've built, you want to make sure that what you've created is taken care of and well protected. This is where AWB contract templates come in. They're customizable, quick and easy to complete and cost a fraction of working with a lawyer one-on-one. They have tons of options available so you can choose the ideal one for your business needs. It's an instant download. You get a Word doc template, you fill in the blanks and in about 20 minutes, you're all done. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash contracts today to pick out your new business contracts. And when you check out, be sure to use the code play for 20% off your contract purchase. That's P-L-A-Y in all caps for 20% off. Protect your business with AWB contract templates. Hey, what's up? Before you listen, I have a quick request from you. While you're over here listening, go ahead on down, give us a rating and a review, especially if you're on Apple Music. Let us know how much you appreciate what we bring, the conversation, the dialogue. Tell us how it supports you. Give us that good five star. We appreciate you. Hello and welcome back to Pause on the Play. As always, it's amazing to see you here where you are challenged to examine your beliefs, question your predisposed notions, and consider realities you may be unfamiliar with in order to understand that they too are real. I am your host and conversation MC for the day, Erica Corday, here along with my co-host India Jackson to get the dialogue going. Hello, Miss India. Hello. How are you? I am doing great. I love to hear that. That makes my damn day. I don't remember the last time I said that and actually meant it. That was why I'm glad that you said it because too often we don't say that. And I think that it's really easy to just be like, uh, I'm fine. I'm okay. And I try to catch myself when I do it to be like, why am I dumbing myself down? If that's not actually how I feel. If it is, then that's different. But it's okay to feel good. It's safe to feel good. Mm-hmm. So that in itself is a thing. And Strangely enough, it actually does go into what I wanted to talk about in that um, I've seen this theme a lot. Um, And for whatever reason, it's kind of beginning to show up in things for me, whether it's online conversations, in person, um, watching some of the things happening around me with other people. But I'm seeing this theme come back up again. So I'm like, okay, you come back. You want me to talk about you. I see it. Okay. And it's this concept of people that want to be upset for you. They want to have outrage for you. They, in some cases, think they're being an ally or advocating for you. And in some of these cases, they're actually creating harm. A lot of it. And so... I wanted to kind of start off by kind of asking you if this is something that you have seen around you or experienced at all recently or, and I say recently, it can be recently or it can be six months. That's still recent in COVID times. Uh, I don't know if I would say recently necessarily. Um, 
I'll say that period. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, I think it's been a life affliction. (laughs) (laughs) Agreed. Of people, uh, especially for me, it's been, I'm having a hard time accessing any specific memories that are related to race, um, but related to things like identifying as being a sexual violence survivor, um, identifying as going through a divorce and getting divorced. Absolutely. Hell yeah. People put their shit on you. And I think that many times they think that they're being helpful of, you know, the, oh, I'm so sorry that happened to you coming from like this very like poor you. (laughs) I think they think they're being empathetic. They're actually being a sympathetic Um, and assuming that you are, I don't know, in in a bad spot or something behind some of life experiences. That has definitely happened to me. And I'll say as somebody who does identify as having experienced a lot of trauma um, and also receiving, you know, mental health support with that to be able to process it, um, I didn't get to the point to say that I am a survivor to still be treated like I'm in the victim place. That. And thank you for acknowledging the fact that – it's, you know, maybe the examples that you have are, are not specifically around race. And I think that that's important because some of the things that I've been seeing are around race. Some of them are um, around gender. Some of them are around age. Some of them are around size. I've been seeing it in a few places, some of it, which has directly been um, for me, my own personal stuff. But I think that it's important to acknowledge that this shows up in, 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 in way too many places and way too often part of the issue is just that there are people that are prioritizing their feelings and what they feel about you versus letting it actually be about you for a second. Right. And it, I have to think back on some specific examples for me of what showed up there um, what comes to mind is like these people maybe heard a story or read a short caption on social media or whatever. Um, and they just ran with it in their head of what that was rather than getting curious and asking questions or digging into some podcast archives or whatever. And I don't expect that everyone is going to do those things all the time. But I think that when we start to communicate with somebody else from a place of assumption, you are guaranteed to make an ass out of you and out of me. So, Right. Right. Well, and thank you for mentioning that too, because I didn't think about it till you just said it, but there was um, a post on my Instagram and I don't even remember what it was about. I just remember that people kept kind of commenting on it. Like, I'm, I'm so sorry that happened to you. Oh, that one. Yeah. So let me take it back down memory lane. I don't remember the exact caption, but it was a selfie you took while we were on the plane ride over to Alt Summit, uh, 2020, I think. Right before everything started getting shut down for COVID. Mm -hmm. And the caption was talking about uh, trauma, I believe. And I want to say it was about emotional wounds are still wounds. Mm -hmm. And 
people took that caption and ran with it and just like attached it to you and your lived experience. And some people are like, I'm so sorry to hear that you've been experiencing emotional abuse and all kinds of stuff. And I'm like, that's not what we said there in that caption. No. Where did we get this? Right. And and full transparency, I have, you know, received emotional abuse and physical abuse and mental abuse. However, I was not talking about that in that caption. And so there was this place of people really trying to almost make me feel better about something that wasn't an issue. And I'm like, y'all, I'm good. Especially in that picture. It was like, shit, I'm leaving. My kids are safe. And I'm about to be away for a week in Palm Springs. I'm good. You look, I mean, but also I know you really well, right? So I could look at the picture and was like, you look relaxed as fuck. Right. (laughs) But other people will take it and assume that it means something else or you're sad or you're depressed or whatever. Mm -mm. So I don't know. We need to watch our assumptions. Right. And so there was this place of me understanding what it felt like, but also knowing that there are a number of other places in my life of people assuming what my life is or isn't, or how I do or do not feel about certain things. And then me seeing it in other people around me and really just noticing how there's a lot of pressure and necessity of others to distort the lens of what's actually happening to someone else. And it's not helpful because it's really centering yourself and what you think it is because you've now processed it and you've made it about you, not about the actual individual or how it benefits them or how things need to be changed in order to benefit them better. You're simply showing up with, I don't think this is right because I'm so sorry that this is what you are going through and things need to be different because I don't think it's all I, 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 me, 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 because being an ally is not self-focused. Right. Uh, I feel like my gut is wanting to say for those of you listening, you know, we know that you might have good intentions. Your heart might be in the right place. But and <laughs> ask yourself if what you're about to say is based on assumptions. And if so, why are you making a statement? Maybe you can ask a question instead. Sometimes the question can be as simple as, do you need anything? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And honestly, like we saw this happening after the um the the hate crimes and the shootings in Atlanta. And how it impacted the AAPI community. And for me, I found that a lot of people took it as a moment to talk about themselves and not let it be for this community um, and led by this community. That does not mean that you leave them on their own to fight their own battles when they're the ones being fought. But to not make it about you creating their narratives. Um, We saw the same thing happening last year uh, after the murder of George Floyd with with the black square and the amplifying of black and brown voices and how it quickly became, let me talk about myself. And it needs to be a reminder 
that supporting somebody else does not mean that you center yourself. And it also does not mean for those people that like to get aggressive with it. Don't protect me as your reason to be an asshole, please. Mm, That's a big one. That's a big one. I see quite a few people out there um, using social outrage as their outlet for their personal anger. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have seen too many white women, a.k.a. the woke white wave, out here policing one another in a way that I'm like, uh. So just to be clear, I didn't ask you to do that. I did not ask for that. Nobody asked you to do that. You are showing outrage where there, in some cases, there is none. But you're actually just upset or you need a reason to be vocal and you're creating it where there is not actually any reason here to be digging your heels in on something. And it's not helpful. This is not what allyship is. Folks, let me step back for a second and say that imperfect allyship does not mean to be out here cussing folks out and telling them about themselves from the east to the west because you have found a reason to be upset and decided to make it an issue for the people that it actually is an issue for. And you can pick up your megaphone while you do it and make sure that it comes through your lens. Wrong answer. You know, uh, Erica, you've been on a little series here uh, for, so, and this is now a couple episodes after the series. So if you listen to this episode and you need additional context, I'm going to recommend that you go back and you listen to the episode titled Focus on the Right Things. Are you focusing on the right thing? Because that just came up for me as like, when shit happens, people will start policing each other instead of actually doing anything to help the communities that they say they want to help. When somebody gets upset about something in the Black community, I identify as being a Black woman. So I'm like, you arguing with another white woman doesn't do anything to change my lived experience. I don't understand why this is what we're focusing on. Um, Right. And then part two is, you know, your episode on four questions to ask yourself when you're feeling outraged right? Is before you even start focusing on arguing other people, really ask yourself, like, why are you outraged in the first place? And I'll say question number five to add to that is, you know, um, are the people, have the people in the demographic that you are currently outraged for expressed to you that they are outraged about the problem that's bothering you? So thank you for bringing that up. In the spirit of that, I have three propositions I'd like to bring up. Can I do that? Yeah, you don't need to ask me for permission. (laughs) Because I feel like people seem to like when I give them these things to consider. And I do think that it's important for you to actually have something tangible to ask yourself or journal on or to use as a point of conversation with others to really be able to evaluate versus staying in your head simply entwined in emotion. Um, But also remembering this is not just logic either. It needs to be a little bit of a balance of both. Um, So number one, am I upset or are you upset? Because I feel like you need to start with that. 
Because if you are upset, why are you upset? And who are you upset for? Because if you upset for me and I'm not upset, we might need to talk about that. Because that's a whole thing. Like, I, if I am not advocating for you to be upset for me, I, mm-mm, don't, don't put that on me and say you're mad at me because blah, blah, blah. Mm-mm, no. If black women did not tell you to go after your white friends, ugh, don't. Stop it. If, <laughs> if, if you don't have somebody that has received a transgression and asked for you to go and, you know, uphold their good name, anybody ask you to do that? Stay out of that. Don't do that. And like, especially not from a place of like, I'm going to do this to bark loud publicly. Right. And I think when it comes to other areas of life, like violence, trauma, abuse, whatever else, right? Life is challenging for many people for many reasons. I think that that shows up as uh, sympathy. Like, don't bring your sorry and, and sympathy to people that don't seem like they want people to feel sorry for them. Mm-hmm. That actually can be harmful. Correct. Correct. So number two, am I addressing the issue or am I creating the issue through my lens? So if you feel as though there's something that you need to address, to speak on, to take action on, is this the actual thing or did you decide that your viewpoint and distortion of it through the way that you look at it, because let's be clear, we all have our own way of distorting things because we are coming with our own preconceived notions. We all have it. There's no way of getting away from that. Okay. But have you and your your own personal distortion created an issue that is now not the issue that we started with? Because now you're mad about something and that's not even a thing anymore. You out here playing telephone and we talking about, we talking about avocados down here. I was up here talking about tofu. What you doing down here? I'm confused. <laughs> tofu. <laughs> I was, I, hey, I, 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 I know you don't like much. avocados, I but I didn't know that you disliked them that much that you'll replace them with tofu. <laughs> <laughs> but at least this time I didn't use chicken. I was like, I may not eat meat. I, I don't want the all these chicken analogies. I got to get away from this. No more right. meat analogies. <laughs> That's what happened. Side note, this is what happens when we start looking at analogies. <laughs> <laughs> right. So... I think that it is important to to really remember that your lens is likely to shift what the initial thing was. And so it is a very worthwhile point to make, to pause and really question like, have I somehow distorted this? And again, am I addressing the issue or am I creating the issue through my lens? I'm also going to say that it's always great to ask yourself when it's like a, a world event or a, a countrywide event or whatever. It's not like a, a smaller thing that happened to somebody you know. Not saying that what happened to them is small, but you get what I mean. Mm-hmm. It's not on the world's radar. Correct. Is really asking yourself, why are you making the choice to share your original perspective instead of amplifying the voice of others? Now, I do mm-hmm. think that both are important sometimes. Yep. But if you haven't already amplified the voices from the people affected by something, 
then we should be asking ourselves, why are we putting our lens on it anyway? All the facts there, all of them, all of them. Last but not least, number three, are you harming others in the name of protecting me? Say that one more time. Mm. <laughs> I feel like I need to break out the infinite water, slow motion on that side. Mm. Right, right. Are you harming others in the name of protecting me? Because if you are out here creating havoc because you are trying to defend or protect me, but you're actually exacerbating the problem, you need to acknowledge that you are a troublemaker and not the good trouble kind. Can I say that I think that many times if you're having to evaluate for yourself, if you are creating more havoc, you may not be able to do that clearly on your own. Mm -hmm. This is where working with a DEI consultant comes in. This is where not living in the echo chamber of your head and figuring this all out by yourself comes into play. It's also where even if you are getting feedback from others, be highly aware of who those others are and what their experiences are and what their backgrounds are and really ask yourself if they're the ones to help you evaluate that answer. Absolutely. So one of the things that I want to make sure that I just remind everyone, when you get to, to these questions, especially the third one, you want to know that these are things to prompt you to think but they likely are going to leave you with more questions than answers, which means that you should not be trying to figure them all out on your own. It is natural to feel as though you have more questions, but this is where you should not stay in your head and try to figure it out by yourself. This is where I think there's a lot of value in having community that you can go to and community as in people that you trust, people that are doing similar things and being able to say, hey, um, this is kind of what's coming up for me. And I wanted to talk with you about this. People underestimate the power of that. Absolutely. Because on question three alone, there are some times that keeping the peace is going to best serve who you're looking to support. And there are some times that we do need you to wreak havoc and disrupt Mm -hmm. And figuring out the difference between the two and the nuances of how you're going to do that to create the impact, not just the disruption, does require many times having a soundboard to work with to get some feedback. Yes, yes. Say it again for the people in the back in the cheap seats. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I, I think that what you said is important, and this is where it's hard to know where that line is unless you are um, in community with others. And it is one of the things that for me has always humbled me with Pause on to Play the Community and the space that we facilitate because everyone in the room has really created that space. I really want to kind of give that ownership to them. They've created what's what's happening and, and how they interact with each other and the trust and the reciprocity in a way that you know that there's somebody there to have your back. And I don't want it to ever be underestimated that when you're having to really ask the deep questions, it really does serve you to be able to ask it in community with others. 
especially community with others that are willing to be honest with you in that feedback, even if it means, you know, not being yes men. <laughs> That's hard to find. I, I, I know that as a, a culture, we've been told that we need people that are cheering us on and things like that. And that's important. And also sometimes it's even more important to have people willing to say this could be done better and give you that honesty too. Absolutely. Absolutely. So if you are looking to expand the community that you have to lean on and those that can lean on you, you can learn more about Pause on the Play, the community today by going to pauseontheplay.com forward slash community. Anything you want to leave the people with before I wrap it up? Mm, ask more questions before you start writing responses, please. <gasps> Ooh, I like it. I like it a lot. <laughs> So as always, you know that us showing up here is one of the ways of how we remove stigma and be a part of creating real change and connection as we cross lines, recreate boundaries, and help to support and not separate. Andy and I both love being here and being a part of creating the bridge for you and all of us to walk over as we become the change that we want to see. So until the next time, keep the dialogue going. Bye. Ready to get clear on what matters? Let's do this. From implicit to explicit is a framework that helps you to get clear on what matters and how it informs the way you live and lead in your workplace. Whether it's focusing on the team building and connection that can happen when you talk about what matters to you as a person or how it informs the outcomes that you seek in your business, it can all completely change the game. Having clarity on what your values are and how this shapes the way your work creates the foundation for every action that you take and then sharing this information across your team explicitly. This is what creates confidence and integrity in what it is that you are creating and sharing with the world. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash explicit to learn more about this collaborative and interactive workshop and sign up today. Ready to lead through your values? <laughs>